BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Mark Striegel, John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. On Bud Friendly, here's your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, John Astronomy here. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal, hanging out at VB3 in Jersey City, New Jersey. Brand new place with the one, the only guys wearing a Cinderella shirt, Mr. Mark Striegel. Yeah, yeah, I was at the Cinderella show just this past week, this past Tuesday in Englewood, New Jersey. I'll tell you all about that coming up. But uh, on the other side of the hard rock and metal spectrum, let's talk about Lamb of God. Randy from Lamb of God, who's been on the show before, is currently today, which is June 30th. He is currently still being held in a jail in Czechoslovakia on manslaughter charges. So these charges date back to, I guess, 2010 when there was a fan who attempted to get on stage, I guess, three times. The first two security grabbed him. The third time he actually got on stage, I guess, approached Randy, who pushed him off the stage. Uh, And, you know, in these times, uh, and I guess the kid fell off the stage and at some point maybe as he was pushed off the stage or maybe after he injured himself and uh and, and unfortunately passed away so uh you know in these days though with people running on stage i mean post dime bag uh, i can't imagine how nerve-wracking that is for a performer especially when somebody's tried to get on stage over and over again you gotta you gotta i i can't help but think i would probably do the same thing Absolutely. I would say that the obvious defense would be self-defense because in light of what happened with Dimebag, the tragedy, you just cannot take a chance, especially when somebody is repeatedly told not to do this. This guy uh, slipped past security, which is, is hard to believe, but, you know, I feel really bad about this. I feel bad for the guy who passed away and his family, but, I mean... You know, how many times have we seen a rock star uh, push somebody off stage? A lot. That always happens, uh, you know, when somebody jumps up on stage or something. And I'm sure Randy didn't intend for the person to to hit their head and die. I don't even think it's been proven that as a result of the push that he hit his head and died. But uh, what's crazy is that he's still in jail. Is there any kind of a bell or anything like that in Czechoslovakia? Uh, I don't think so. And, uh, of course, this is a foreign country, so, uh, you know, totally different set of laws apply. Uh, All we can hope is that by the time you guys are hearing this podcast, again, we are recording this on June 30th, that this has been completely resolved. And in the meantime, let's get into a little Lamb of God. This is the number six. Tell you why. 
was the number six by Lamb of God off of Resolution. Now, here's the thing. I just wanted to mention, in, in no way are, are we blaming the country. And I'm not sure, is it, and forgive me, uh, all our uh, European uh, listeners, um, is it Czech, Czechoslovakia, which is my, my next-door neighbor and one of my absolute best friends. Uh, his mom was from Czechoslovakia. It still is. <laughs> and uh, the thing is, is it the Czech Republic or Slovakia? I think it's the Czech Republic. Czech Republic now, although I'm not sure. Correct us if uh, if we're wrong here, guys. Yeah, I think they may have split into two different countries. One's called Slovakia and one's called the Czech Republic. So maybe that's where they were. But, yeah, I, I know a few words in Czechoslovakian, by the way, but uh, not the ones that you'd want me to repeat on the, the podcast. <laughs> really funny words. But anyway, yeah, my, my childhood best friend, uh, his name is Brian. Um, he's got to go to Prague. And actually, my ex-girlfriend used to live in Prague, which... Um, she pronounces it Praha, so uh, that's and I'm not sure if Prague is in Czech Republic or Slovakia, but it's used to be like the big capital of the, and probably still is. So I said, forgive us, guys, if uh, we don't have all of our world ge- geography correct, but uh, we we definitely appreciate all of our listeners. Absolutely, and uh, we'll just keep the music going on this episode. It's good to hang out with John Astronomy again here in the home base at Jersey City. The Silver Spacecraft is flying right outside. Uh, right now, let's get into a little Fate's Warning. This is Outside Looking In. Yeah. 
heard was a little fate's warning. We are here in Jersey City, Mark Striegel, John Astronomy. John, I tell you, uh, let's get in. It's a happier mood after that Lamb of God stuff. Let's uh, change change the uh, the tone here, and we're having a good time we're drinking a beer. John is drinking. What are you drinking, John? Cheers. Talking Metal Toast. I'm drinking my favorite drink, 7 and 7, and guess whose favorite drink that was? Somebody who is sadly no longer with us. And he used to have big, bushy black hair. Uh, big, bushy black hair. Don't know. Who? Eric Carr. Oh, really? Okay, cool, cool. Very cool. Eric Carr, one of the uh, the great all-time hard rock drummers. Played on so many classic Kiss records. I've been listening a lot lately to uh, Hot in the Shade. Oh, that was a very, very cool record, and that was a cool time. I mean, that was Kiss, and this is the quote. Uh, they were hearkening back to their 70s roots on that record, and uh, they even, like, recorded that part of it in a demo studio, and uh, that was a great tour. Um, I saw that tour numerous times uh, up in Massachusetts, maybe even Rhode Island, and uh, Slaughter uh, played with them. Uh, a band called Little Caesar played with them for a while on that tour. We see that tour together. I'm not sure which one did we drive to. The Pennsylvania one was Revenge, right? Yeah, the one that uh, we we saw the first night of the Revenge tour at the Stabler Arena in uh, Allentown, which was super cool to see that. And uh, I wound up. I, I don't think we saw Hot in the Shade together because I rem- I think I probably went with my brother. To, I, I think I saw that at the Spectrum in Philly. Which, uh, but it was that same lineup you just mentioned, Little Caesar and Slaughter. Yeah, that was just such a cool tour and a great time for Kiss. And uh, Gene, actually, I'm going to admit like something that's not totally flattering, but I was trying to give Gene like a. uh, Gene was totally cool, by the way. I I was like a little, probably slightly annoying, and I was trying to give him this cassette tape of me playing like little drum licks and stuff, and pretty hilarious. And and uh, I was talking a mile a minute like I normally do, and he said, you're draining me like a vampire. <laughs> and then I was all sad for like five minutes, but then and he said, this is not really the appropriate uh, method into turning in a demo tape. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, just take it. Uh, I said, I know it's not, but you got to take it, please. And he took it. Like, it was nice. He probably, like, 
tossed it in the garbage like five seconds later. But, but he did take it, and he wound up being very cool. But Blossy Elias, uh, he's probably going to get yelled at for this. I, I don't think anybody cares anymore, but he's the one that got me in. He was uh, Bloss, the drummer from Slaughter at the time. Ah, uh, okay. He... He had to go do stuff, but, like, he had called me before the gig, and I, I got to... I don't know how I even originally got to... Uh, I guess just at other shows, got to know him, and uh, so he invited me to the show. It was in Worcester. It was Oh, no, no, it was called Great Woods. Remember that place up in Massachusetts? Yeah, Mark is shaking his head, yes. And um, so he got me in, and he had to go do his stuff, but I walked up and watched Kiss do a sound check, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was, like, one of those outdoor... You guys know what I'm talking about. Like, one of those summer amphitheater places... What songs did he do at the sound check? Ah, you know, I totally don't even remember. I just remember Gene. I, I don't even remember the rest of the band. It was weird. I just remember Gene being on stage. And maybe I missed the whole sound check. But speaking of sound checks, I, I was out to see Kiss on the Sonic Boom Tour in uh, Jones Beach in uh, Long Island, New York. And what was pretty wild, I got there early. And, and I standing outside the, the venue... It, it like literally on a beach, and I heard Kiss doing "Love Gun" for a sound check. It was pretty cool. Ah, cool, cool. Well, this speaking of love, speaking of Kiss, speaking of Gene, this is a little Kiss. We opened the show with a little Lamb of God. Now we're on the most commercial '80s metal song ever. Uh, not really, but uh, this is off the Hot in the Shade record. This should have been a single. I don't believe it was. This is called "Loves a Slap in the Face," and that's Gene singing it. Yeah. 
such a great song. A little Gene Simmons and Kiss loves a slap in the face off the Hot in the Shade record, which uh, the big single off of that record, of course, was Forever, which was a ballad song. Uh, John's getting another drink. I'm okay for now. Thank you. Yeah, I'm good for now. Forever, which was uh, written by uh, Michael Bolton along with Paul Stanley, right? Absolutely. And, guys, if you want to search this out, go on the Internet. It's probably not on YouTube, but you you may be able to find it. Go back to your old VHS tapes of VH1, and you can see Mark talking about the Forever song on VH1's Metal Moments. Oh, really? I I don't even remember that. Do I? I, What? what do I what do I say? Oh, the least me- is it a least metal moment? I think it's a least metal moment, and you say yeah, but you know what? Uh, Michael Bolton's laughing all the way to the bank, which was always one of my favorite quotes of all time, and it's true. Heck, uh, you know, Michael Bolton he had rock roots. He paid his rock dues. He was in a band called Blackjack with Bruce Kulick and a great drummer named Sandy Gennaro, who I've actually uh, played with once, and. Um, New York guys, a bass player, Jimmy Haslip. And Jimmy Haslip's a guy that went on to play with a bunch of, like, you know, musician-style musicians, like really good musicians. And, uh, and hey, they had a great band called Blackjack. You can find their music online. And, um, yeah, so I think, you know, what a cool thing. Uh, anybody who succeeds in music and writes, like, a killer tune like Forever, I'm, I'm all for yeah, you know, my dad, who was obviously very successful in uh, the cell phone world, one of the original cell phone guys from back in the 80s, he's retired now, but uh, he um, was always very non-anti-show business, anti-Hollywood, if you will, and never really knew any like famous performers personally, with the exception of Michael Bolton, who he was friends with for a while, and there was a... One time, like, Michael Bolton was in, like, page six or something, one of these scans, and it said, and he was driving with Denny Striegel from uh, from Verizon. Yeah, so it was kind of funny. That was the only time my dad ever appeared in a gossip column. Oh, I think that is amazing. I think it's so cool that your dad is, like, friends, like, like close friends to be in a car with, like, Michael Bolton. I think that's totally cool. Yeah. I, I recently asked him, I said, you ever hear from Michael Bolton? Because that was probably 10, 12 years ago, uh, at least. And he said, no, he hasn't heard from him in a long, long time. Hey, I like Michael Bolton. I think he's great. Have you ever seen him on Saturday Night Live when he does those little appearances in those shorts? Yeah, and the thing is, you know, dressed up as a pirate, right? Yeah, he he, he obviously gets it. He knows who he is. He knows that, you know, he's sold a lot of records and had a uh, successful musical career, but a lot of people like to poke fun at him. And I think it's always cool when somebody can laugh at themselves, which obviously he can do. Yeah, I know I laugh at myself, like, constantly. One of my favorite things that... Uh, a comedian said about Michael Bolton, and uh, I think it's great. It, it rem, it's reminiscent of a, a a cassette tape prank call tape that was going around that someday if we find, we'll play for you guys. But it's w- without hearing it, it's not going to do it justice to try to talk about it. But there was, I think it was Dennis Leary, the comedian, and he goes, Michael Bolton, he goes, no matter how long you grow your hair in the back, we all know what's happening up top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. All right, next subject. How about a little? Oh, go ahead. What's yeah, one more thing? But guess what? I bet Michael Bolton. Uh, I don't care what's happening up top. He probably uh, is is doing uh, very well with the uh, opposite sex. Oh yeah, definitely. He, he was with that woman from uh, Desperate Housewives for a while. Who knows what he's up to now? But uh, Jeff Tate from Queensrÿche. Speaking of someone who has nothing left on top, he's bald, <laughs> doing the the uh, the cue ball look. Jeff Tate from Queensrÿche. Uh, no longer in Queensryche. We should say Jeff Tate, formerly of Queensryche. Uh, 
Which is, is crazy because Jeff obviously has been with Queensryche since the, the very beginning, the early 80s. And to think of that band without him is, is kind of bizarre. There was a report that some shit went down at a show in uh, South America, I believe. And, and some people were reporting Jeff Tate pulled a knife on other members of the, the band. Jeff has recently said that that did not happen. There were no knives, but he did punch some of the other band members. So he admitted wow. to that in Rolling Stone magazine or one of the other members. I'm not sure. Uh, so it, it, interesting time for Queensryche. They have both uh, put out press releases Jeff Tate being one saying that his new record, which makes me excited, he says he's going to do a hard rock metal record, I guess, which is very cool because some of the more recent Queensryche stuff, like that last thing, I, it was almost like a garage garage rock sound or something. I don't know. I, I, I would love to see both sides. Like, I like how Accept was able to do like some real great stuff without Udo, Udo uh, recently, and, and I'd love to see like Jeff put out like an incredibly like great like vintage sounding Jeff Tate Queensryche record on his own I'd love to see Queensryche do the same without Jeff Tate I wish him the best of luck and you know crazy times though in the Queensryche world yeah I've always thought of Jeff Tate as like one of the intellectual people in the heavy metal world and I still think of him that way I've met Jeff Tate various times, and he's always been amazing. And I haven't really met the other guys in Queensryche. I did get a drumstick from Scott Rockenfield in 1983. I used to always say it was 82, but Jeff Tate told me that I was incorrect, and it was 1983 when I saw them open for Twisted Sister at the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That was my first ever heavy metal concert. And at that point, I've told this story, talking metal listeners will know this, um... I've told this story numerous times, and they had just the EP out at that point. And by the way, I want to send a shout-out to Gav from Nickelodeon in London, England, who is a Talking Metal listener, and he contacted me uh, through uh, email and said that uh, he was a Talking Metal listener, and he heard you say, Mark, that I had worked at Nickelodeon, and... uh, and so did he, so that was so cool. So, Gav, want to say hello, give you, give you a shout-out. I'm giving you a big thumbs-up right now here in Jersey City, New Jersey. And he said that when he comes to New York next, because he actually uh, manages some people in New York, uh, that he will hang out with us. Okay. Very good. Look forward to that, definitely. Uh, yeah, so crazy times with Queensryche, just crazy times all around. Uh, if you haven't seen it, John and I recently did a new TV show that's up on YouTube youtube.com slash talking metal it is we call it talking metal pirate radio we're pirates we do whatever the hell we want there's no laws we're just doing it we're we're rocking out some songs we're we're talking with iron maiden we are talking with ace we talk with todd youth we jam with rob dukes lots of great stuff going on uh check it out if you haven't seen it there's some opening music and actually closing music in the show that's posted on YouTube, and uh, this is it right here. We're going to play this song, and I encourage you to support the guy who wrote this song. He didn't write it for us. It's on one of his records, and it's just a great song. It's called Which Way to Radio Land, and it's by the Sean Baker Orchestra.
That was Which Way to Radio Land by the Sean Baker Orchestra. Find it on iTunes, Amazon, all those cool websites. And I just got to say, Sean, you've been with us, I feel, from the beginning. And uh, we thank you for everything that you've done for Talking Metal. And we thank you for letting us use your great music and to play your music constantly. And, guys, if you haven't heard of Sean Baker, you got to go. And, Mark, you even featured Sean's music on the television show version of Talking Metal. Yeah, the Fuse version, he was on, uh, we used some of his music on that. Uh, We used it on this new YouTube self-produced show. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't think we ever used any of his music when we were doing the uh, Headbangers Ball on MTV2. But, uh, you know, somebody was asking me, how many episodes did we do? Was it six for for Headbangers on MTV2? I think it was six. Sometimes I was thinking it was seven, then I started thinking it was eight, but I, I think it was six Ace, Maiden, because uh, there was a few that we did that never aired, but we did Ace, Maiden, Bobby Blitz, Halford, that's Portnoy. four, right? Portnoy. No, the Portnoy one never aired because he, he, he quit Dream Theater and it was weird and we never, yeah, we never, it never aired. We did something with Portnoy and I believe we, Yannick Gers, didn't that air? Yeah. So Maiden, that's a Maiden, Ace, Halford, Bobby Blitz. Then there was, I feel like there was like enough. The, uh, the video, the video game, Guitar Hero. Ah, the Guitar Hero, right? That's five. And was there another one? Yes. Okay. Okay. Let's do it again, guys. This is funny. We're, we're we can't even count. Okay. First one was the Guitar Hero. Second one, I think, was Ace. Zach Wild, we did. Zach Wild? Yes, we did do Zach Wild. That's that's the sixth right yeah. there. Helford, Maiden, and Blitz. That's six. So we did six episodes. That's pretty reputable, I think. Six episodes of the MTV2 Headbangers Ball. That's killer. Yeah, yeah, that's great. We did uh, technically eight episodes for uh, our other TV show on the Fuse Network, including the one that was on demand, right? Correct. Yeah, we did the uh, six episodes of the season one. We did a pilot, and then we did a... We did an episode that they put together. It was called a bonus episode. Maybe they, I don't know if they did one or two of those bonus episodes. They were going to do two, but the second one never uh, ended up happening. But, yeah. Hey, you know what I don't have, but I'd love to get uh, HD versions of those on DVD. Do you think I can get that? Yeah. Well, you know, when they aired them, I don't have those, but uh, maybe. I could look into it, definitely. When they uh, aired those originally, they were in SD, but they were shot in HD. And, you know, they continued airing those shows for years, literally, after after we had shot them. And I think uh, some of the ones they start, started airing in late 2009, maybe, was it into 2010 even? I'm not sure. Uh, right around there, they were still rerunning those episodes, believe it or not. And they had, they did start airing them in HD. Yeah. That would be so cool because I have those all in my DVR. What's really funny is my DVR broke, so all my stuff got lost and then it all came back on again including like VH1's 40 freest concert moments or shows like that so I've got like a DVR full of stuff but it would be great to get those fuse episodes in D, uh, in HD I wanted to say thanks to Kimo a talking metal listener from California he recently donated 5 bucks to the talking metal PayPal account Kimo thanks so much man it's because of people like you that we can keep this going, and uh, we just appreciate your support. If you're ever in New York, we will buy you a drink, so you you got to let us know. Cool. Thank you, Chemo. 
And what else? Yeah, so I checked out Cinderella recently, uh, just last week in Englewood, New Jersey, and they put on an excellent show. I thought they sounded better than when I saw them last year at the Starland Starland Ballroom. Uh, I will say there were definitely less, unfortunately, less people at this show. I don't know if that's because they, less than a year ago, played in the area, or if it's because Englewood, New Jersey is kind of like in the north, kind of north part of the state and it doesn't get as much traffic. I don't know what the deal is, but uh, there was definitely a much, much bigger crowd at the Starland Ballroom show uh, last fall or whatever that was. Um, and uh, But this show was actually better. They went on right at 9 o'clock, which is great for me, and they were done by you know 10.30, uh, 11 at the latest. And uh, they sounded just amazing and they seemed to be in great spirits. Jeff Labar, who has had some some dependency issues through the years and legal troubles through the years. Uh, last time I saw him at Starland, I thought he looked like way too thin. But this time he'd actually looked like he put on uh, quite a bit of weight, which is a good thing. He looked like more normal now than uh, when I saw him uh, last fall or summer, whatever that was, at the, at the Starland Ballroom. So great show. If you ever have a chance to see Cinderella, they do all the hits, all the stuff you want to hear. They still play really well. And, you know, I never knew Fred Curry, the, the drummer, has such a great voice. He sings a lot of those backups and, and uh, has as much range, if not more, than Tom Kiefer. Wow. Yeah, I, I always liked Fred uh, as a drummer and me being a drummer. And I just thought he was very cool. I see he's, uh, by looking at your shirt, he's using DW Drums, a very cool uh, brand of drums. That's what Peter Chris uses now. And, um, yeah, I've always thought he was cool. John's I, looking at a picture of Cinderella. I bought a, a T-shirt at the show, which I'm wearing for the first time today. And there's, a like, a live shot of them on the front of the shirt. Now, did they have a big cinder? Is that the cinder? Is that Cinderella logo behind the stage, or is that something that was just put on that shirt? That's superimposed there, but they did have a logo on the stage. Yeah, it was kind of uh, well. Yeah, they did have a logo. The the drum logo when I saw him was in the colors of uh, of uh, what's the second record? Long Long uh, Cold Winter. It was in the the colors of that. Yeah. Yeah, no, great stuff. I saw Cinderella. My parents have seen Cinderella live in concert. Uh, Cinderella headlined. Uh, some dates, uh, and at least one date in my hometown where Ace opened up back in 1987, and uh, they are very, very cool. Um, got to hang out with some of those guys like a few times, and uh, just a, a great band. I, I mean, I remember one of the first ever music videos I ever saw was Shake Me. Yeah, definitely. Great stuff. Let's get into a little Cinderella right now. This is Shake Me. Love 
that was Shake Me by Cinderella, one of the coolest bands from PA by Home State. Yeah, and they spoke about it at the show. They said, yeah, New Jersey's always been good to us. We started off playing a lot of our first shows in New Jersey. Uh, so, well, go ahead, John. I got a question. Tell me about this club cause I, or, or venue. I'm, I, it's new to me. I didn't even know there was some cool rock place in Englewood. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's an old theater. It's, I guess, the Bergen Performing Arts Center or something like that. It's kind of, I guess, Englewood is kind of like a town that has a very rich section, but it also is kind of a poor section. This sits right at the beginning of the poor, <laughs> the kind of the bad area of Englewood. Uh, I was a little nervous. If I had my computer, I left in the car, and I was a little nervous about it throughout the show, but it was fine. And uh, a lot of hard rock bands are playing there. Warren played there recently. Dokken played there. Tesla, I believe, is playing there tonight. Uh, the show I was at, Eddie Trunk came out and introed the show. And uh, there's also a lot of non-metal stuff playing there. Like I saw the the Jacksons are touring now, and, wow, and they're they're, they're playing there. there. Yeah. Um, and it's like I said, it's a small theater, um, but it's a great sounding room. Great sounding room. And somebody else, uh, I said Tesla, Warren. Oh, Quiet Riot, the, with uh, the only f- original member, if you will, Frankie Benelli, at least original member from the, the 80s version of Quiet Riot is the only guy left there. They recently played there, too. Uh, yeah, so that's that. So we're going to wrap things up. Going to check Maiden out Monday. Still seats available if you're interested, John. You know what? You never know. Is that the Prudential Center show? Yeah, with Alice Cooper. I'm going to be there. I have a single seat. Bud Friendly is actually going with with another guy, uh, so I'm going to maybe meet him for drinks at the new Dinosaur Barbecue across the street before the show. Bud actually isn't really a Maiden fan, but he likes Alice Cooper, so he's he's uh, checking that out. And um, Yeah, man, if you feel like cruising out, I will be there. Hey, I'll tell you the truth. I just walked from uh, MTV down to Penn Station with Jay Bones. And uh, he was telling me he just went to see Maiden in uh, Jones Beach, and it was a great show. And so I'll tell you the truth. Maybe I will shoot out to this. I, it's like, it, how can I not? It's like right down the street from basically my apartment. I can get there on the train, and uh, I think it would be cool. I have, to, I got an insane. Uh, I'll just hold this so you don't have to hold it for a minute. Um, I'm talking about the microphone, of course, guys. Because when sometimes when we do these like uh, remote episodes, like as I like to call them. We don't bring like like thirty mics and stuff. We have uh, we've been accused of only ever owning one microphone. Let me tell the talking metal listeners: I, I might have like a hundred microphones at home. But I swear to God, like, yeah, I got, but, I got about eight of them. I was recently yeah. counting them up. Yeah, I don't really have a hundred, but I got a bunch. And and in my parents' house, I've got like a ton more. And I, I, guys, I grew up in a musical family, so mic stands, microphones, amps, guitars, drums. I got about like. Five, six, eight drum sets. I got thirty some guitar. There's too much gear all around. But anyway, uh, the thing is, is that what was I saying? Oh yeah, I have an insane couple of weeks, couple of months happening. I'll, I'll, I'll run this down just to tell Mark because we haven't even had a chance to hang out. But I'll tell the talking metal listeners. So next weekend, which by the time you hear this, it'll probably be like right, right at this time. Um, July 6, 7, 8, or 7, 8, 9, or something like that. I'm going to be in Indianapolis, Indiana at the Days of the Dead Festival with Ace Freely, the one and only, uh, doing a signing appearance. Then we're going to come back to New York. We are, and I say we meaning the band, uh, Ace is going to do a show at the Best Buy Theater on July 11th. 
then we will head out to Detroit, and then from there we will head to Jackson, Michigan, which is like a suburb of Detroit. They're maybe like an hour and a half away, hour away. And uh, he's going to do a show with Ted Nugent. Uh, Ace will be playing directly before Ted. Uh, Ted's headlining that one. And the, the great Ted Nugent, very, very cool. So that's going to be an amazing show. Then we shoot back, or at least I shoot back to New York. I, I think I'm going to spend a day out there in uh, Michigan. And then um, what's going to happen? Then we're going to go right back out to Detroit to do another show right in downtown Detroit. And then we're going to go to Wisconsin to do a gig. And, uh, and then after that, uh, there's some more stuff. I'm not sure if it's been announced yet. So uh, a lot of cool A stuff coming up, a lot of traveling for me. And for me, it's hard to do this because I also work uh, a full-time job, and then I have a consulting gig. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to wrap all this stuff up and do it all and sometimes it's a little difficult and trying to do talking mental too which is like the love of my life so it's just uh, a crazy crazy time but what a what a fun summer uh surrounded by metal and one of those gigs the wisconsin gig sammy hagar is uh playing there so it's gonna be pretty cool I, I he's saw, headlining i saw that online that ace was gonna do a, a, a gig with sammy hagar so that's awesome speaking of gigs in a couple weeks here in new jersey our friends ron lipnicki and alan tecchio will be playing a night of Hades music at Dingbats. That's in Clifton, New Jersey. John and I have actually played gigs there with both those guys, with our Screaming Metal band. And, uh, wow, Ron has helped us out tremendously with these new Talking Metal TV shows that we're doing on our own for YouTube. The second one is, is well, well into the editing phase at this point, and you will see some new jams with Ron Lipnicki from Hades, aka or and Overkill, on drums. Uh, in this next episode, we're gonna jam "Breaking the Law," and also what other one are we gonna jam? We're gonna jam uh, "Breaking the Law." What's the other one we play in the second episode? ACDC. No, not ACDC. Uh, yeah, the Metallica song with John from Warbringer. So, yeah, so that'll be a fun one for you guys. So stay tuned for that, and don't miss. A Night of Hades music with Ron Lipnicki and Alan Tecchio at Dingbats at 9 p.m. on July 24th. Yeah, it's going to be a cool gig. Uh, our friend Jack Frost is going to be playing uh, guitar, which is going to be very cool. And uh, i got to tell you a quick story. I went to see, and you were there at the gig too, the Overkill gig. We went together. That was one of the days we were taping some of the uh, host segments for the new Talking Metal. Yes, that's correct. Yep. And... We went to see Overkill, and I wanted to tell you what happened after the show. So it was pretty funny. Um, after the show, uh, I wound up hanging out, and uh, the band was leaving on the tour bus, and uh, we got some of Ron's gear, and we put this I I in a car. And uh, what happened was I jumped in the car. Ron's brother was there. It was a, it was a really great uh, night. We were all hanging out, and Jay Bones was there. You were there. And then after everybody kind of dissipated, it was just kind of me, Ron, and some of Ron's friends, Ron's wife. And uh, I jumped, I said to the driver who was going to drive Ron home, is there any way you guys can fit me in and just drive me across to Jersey? Because I know you're going to Jersey. And they were nice enough to do that. So how, how cool was that? That Ron, like Lipnicky drummer, takes me home from his own show. And then what happened was when we got to Jersey... We decided to go out, so we went. We were going to go to the beer garden in Jersey City, where, uh, uh, but where I think we've been, 
But instead, we went to a new beer garden in Hoboken, and we hung out there for like you know a few hours until they literally closed the place. Like, and then um, they 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 didn't throw us out. They just said the place is closed, and then we had to leave. And then they drove me home. So it was a really really cool night. Thanks, Ron. So you go to see the sold out Overkill show in New York City, and the next thing you know, you're the drummer is driving you home and hanging out with you. That's awesome, John. And Ron Lipnicki, one of our good friends, such a great drummer, uh, best known for his work with Overkill, but then again, also, he's played, of course, with Hades and Dan Lorenzo and all sorts of people, and there will be this Hades gig at Dingbats without Dan Lorenzo, which is kind of a wild thing, uh, and that is happening on July 24th at 9 p.m. with Jack Frost on guitar and Alan Tecchio singing, Ron Lipnicki on bass, or on drums, I don't know. Is Kevin playing bass? I'm not sure. Yeah, Kevin Ballenbeck from Nonfiction's on bass, and there is a, another guitar player too. I'm not sure what his name is. Cool, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it for today. You were talking about Ace. Let's end with a classic. Which one? An old tune. Let me pick a great Ace tune, and it's going to have to come to me in the next three seconds. So I am going to pick something from Dynasty. And it's called Save Your Love. I knew you were going to say that. When, as soon as you said Dynasty, I knew you were going to say it. Cool. You are my woman. Hang it above.